Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And second, some of you know that we recently added some new swag to the Move the Ball merchandise store. So there's a link in the show notes. Be sure to go check all that out. Get yourself some swag and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. And to those who have already picked up some gear and sent me some photos, keep those pics coming. You know that together we move the ball. Oh, and one other thing to share that I'm really, really, really proud of is I just finished writing this next book. Some of you might have seen me mention it on social media as I was in the process. And so that book is done and I am sending the manuscript to the publisher. So I'm really excited to see this next piece out and it's going to come out this fall. So stay tuned for that. All right. Enough about all of that for now. Moving along to today's episode. I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle with us today and ready to talk about his experience and what he does to move the ball is coach Jerry Seymour. Coach Seymour, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me, Jen. I'm happy to be here, man. Love what you're doing for the football community and just move the ball just in, in general. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. I got to see you when we were down in Indy during mm-hmm. the NFL Combine. It seems like it's been so many months right. since then. Just you know, for some reason, it feels like it's been a long time ago. Let me just share a little bit about your background for everyone listening. Absolutely. So Coach Jerry Seymour is a running back trainer who is the owner of the Running Back Academy which is a program that is designed to maximize and take running backs to a new level. Coach Seymour has over 20 years of experience and he trains some of the best of the best running backs there is in college and in the NFL. Some of the players that Coach Seymour has trained have been DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Javante Williams, and so many more. We're going to talk about his journey, him is building his business and so much more on today's episode. All right, Coach Seymour, are you ready to move the ball? I'm ready to move the ball. Give me the ball. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're a competitive athlete yourself. Yes. You played college football at Central Michigan University. And so you know some of the the things that you learn from being an athlete that translate beyond the game and can help you to be successful in life and just in anything that we do. So when you look at what you've learned being an athlete, what are some of those lessons or attributes that you feel you've taken away from the game that have helped you to be successful? I think the first thing that I always took took away from the game, this came back from my high school coach, is always the little things. You know what I mean? Like the little, the little minor details is what what helps propel you in order to be ready for the big things. You know what I mean? So a lot of people we try to skip the process or we try to, you know, do there's shortcuts. There's no shortcuts in this game. You know, football is one, especially for me, football is one of those games is where you get what you put in. You know what I mean? So the little things and the little details, you know, it doesn't really matter for me, man. I'm just a little things guy and just make sure that I'm very, very detail oriented. 
And that's why a lot of the guys train me because they say, man, you're so detailed because obviously, you know, the, every for me, everything counts. So that's one of the things that I took away from this game. And also just being a, a undersized running back, you know what I mean? Like it was very, very hard for me and re- being recruited, you know, so that actually instilled like some fire in me. When college coaches were come in, yeah, my stats look good, but they were come in and they have to look down at me opposed to a lot of other football players I have to look up to, you know, they would just kind of, you could just see their whole facial expression change. So that right there instilled in me just to be, I have to be undeniable, you know what I mean? So when I go out there and when I play football, I have to be the best of the best. I may be the smallest guy on the field, but I have to be the most feared guy on the field, if that makes sense. Last but not least, just just being able to maneuver and adjust because football is one of those things, especially as a running back, like, you know, I'm use this analogy. It's not always what it seems or it's not always going to be perfect. You have to make things happen, right? So the linemen, may, they may block for you, but they may, you may get a blitz like we talked about before. And what do you do? You just don't cop out and just, you know, get tackled. No, you try to make another move and you try to counteract and try to move the chains and move the ball. Exactly what we talked about. Yeah, you bring up some great points. I mean, I think first having that high attention to detail, that's so important, um, not just in football, but even in professional sports. Because as you know, in the NFL, everybody is good. Yes. Right. And so it's really about are you focusing on the little things, the smaller details and improvements that you need to make so that you can be more elite than the other running backs out there, than the other football players on the team? Right. Absolutely. And I just tell, try to tell guys, you know, because it's different now with football, like back in the day, you know, you'll have like that one stud, you know, the Ricky Williams, the Eric Dickerson's, the Emmitt Smith's. Now, you know, the football has changed to where it's like running back by committee. Yeah, you have your superstars, but you still have uh, you still have two or three other guys that can actually be good, too. But what I try to tell guys, especially with details, be good at what you are good at. You know, if you're a fast guy and you're a scat back, because that's the terminology that we use. Be the best scat back you can be. You know, if you're just a downhill running back, you know, like Snoop Connor, like he's a downhill guy, be the best downhill guy in that running back room. So that's why I try to tell guys, like, don't try to be nobody else. Be very detailed about who you are and just be great at that. And then that will open up lanes for you. For sure. You mentioned Snoop Connor and he was one of the draft class members that you got to work with here this past year. Some of the other ones, Amir White, who's with the Raiders, Jerry and Ely, who's with the Chiefs, uh, Jerome Ford who played at Cincinnati and he's with the Browns. Now, when you look at those guys in this current draft class, you know, they've begun the process of transitioning from college football players to now professionals. And so they've had their mini camps and OTAs. And I know you're in touch with these guys. Like, what are some of the things that you tell them to help them prepare for becoming a professional football player? Well, first thing is just install, you know, because I, when I was up with Green Bay, I did an internship up there and I was in the running back room with coach Ben Sermon, one of my guys, great guy. What's up, Ben? When I went up there, it's just the installation of plays because in the NFL, like the play call is crazy. You know what I mean? Like you can have a play that called 29 scene, can 89 two float right. You know what I mean? So guys have to learn this because in college, it's, it's, it's really kind of dummy down. You know, I hate to say that, but, you know, it's really kind of like they use words and terminologies to create for one play. But in NFL, these guys are actually calling two plays in one and there's a possible audible. So a lot of times when I was in that running back room, I would see the rookies, they would get like kind of, you know, kind of flustered because so much information was, was being thrown at them and they had to learn it in a short period of time and also have to perform on the field, right? Telling those guys like, hey man, board work is the is the is the most important thing that you guys need to do and just your playbook. Learn your playbook as much as possible because like I said, you guys are gifted. The football stuff is easy, but it's like when they put you out there in a situation, do you know what to do? So a lot of times we could do all this training, but like if you don't know where to be and when to be and where to be, then you're going to have a problem and the coach don't trust you and then you don't play. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great points. And I mean, the NFL is a different level 
than college in terms of the playbook is, is a lot more diverse and complex. Speed of the game is different. The talent that you, you are going up against is also more elite. So it's definitely an adjustment. I don't think people really understand people that are not in the world of professional sports really understand just how much work it is to really get ready for that next level. Yeah, it was crazy because even me as being a coach and who understand a lot of the terminologies and stuff like that, it was a struggle for me at one point. I was, and I used to have to stay after hours when all the coaches leave because they keep it open access to a lot of the GAs or like I said, I was a part of the, the diversity program. And when I went in and I was sitting there in that running back room and I thought I knew, and then like I got humbled myself. So I, I had to take that information and that experience and let these guys know. That's why I was really, really hard and tedious on them during the combine process because it's not just training. Like we have to get and do board work and interviews and all that stuff. And I really, really harped on just the installation and the chalk talk because a lot of these guys, they, they knew, but they didn't know. You know, I made sure that I, I spent a lot of time and, and I was very detail oriented about what they needed to know. And a lot of times when the guys got interviewed and they had to do board work with the coaches, a lot of the coaches said, you know what? Okay. You do know what you're talking about. And that made me feel good more than anything, because like I said, the football stuff is easy, but the board work stuff, that's what I really wanted to harp on with. Them. Absolutely. Now you decided a long time ago that you wanted to be in the business of training other athletes, being a running backs trainer. How did you come? Like, wh- when did you decide that that's what you wanted to focus on for your career? Uh, I'll give you a quick, quick, quick story. Um, I, I was working at Bomberito Performance Systems, which is a, a performance facility down here. And I remember uh, one of the kids who played running back coach, I was a sales guy. I was client relations guy. And uh, a kid came in and our, one of our coaches didn't show up for the speed. So I was like, you know what? I really needed to sell because I needed a commission. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll step in and I'll just take him through some running back stuff. And what happened was I took him in. I was all dressed up like a sales guy, but I was actually taking this kid through running back drills. And the dad absolutely loved it. He was like, "Lo, what? He was like, how do I get the running back training? And I was like, well, we don't do running back specific stuff. We just kind of do speed, speed and weights. But he was like, no, 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 I need this. And I was like, you know what? It just clicked. I said, all right, just meet me on Saturday. Uh, this would be my fee. And then next, you know, it just kind of went from there. The dad posted it. And then more kids would come, more kids, more kids. Next, you know, I was getting so overloaded that I had to leave Bomberitos just in order to continue with this. And ever since then, it was June 6th of 2015. And I never looked back since. And I have had a number of trainers on the show and they talk about how it was, you know, those first couple of years are a journey trying to grow your clientele and build that. Walk us through that first year for any <laughs> entrepreneur, no matter what line of work you're in. I mean, it's, it's a roller coaster of a ride. And hey, I never thought I would be in the world of entrepreneurship. I was a corporate person, wanted to be a CEO, Fortune 500 CEO was on the path. And then after my dad died, as my listeners know, that really kind of changed my trajectory. And so entrepreneurship is very, very different. Walk us through that first year for you. Oh, that first year, uh, I say, uh, because because everybody walks into entrepreneurship excited. Like, you know what? I'm about to get on this journey. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. And it's and it's something like that, but like it comes with a lot of friction, right? So for me, you know, it was very, very tough because I didn't have the capital. It is different when, you know, you can start off with some money, with some with some cash flow, but I didn't. I just started with $2,500. And after I bought all of my equipment, I literally had like four bucks in my bank account. I promise you not. And I remember there were days that, you know, I would train at the park and then, you know, people, you know, the park guys, they'll kick you out. And then there was one time that I didn't have no park to go to. So we actually had to use a volleyball pit. So just the the continuous adjustments of just trying to find somewhere just to call home when you first start, that was really, really hard for me. And then next, you know, I remember just making sure my pricing, I wasn't charging too less, but I wasn't charging too much. Because at the end of the day, like I was in a position where I needed the money to order to keep going, just to even put gas in my car. So for me, it was it was just a big time 
adjustment every day. It felt like every other day I had to either move my location or I didn't really have the finances to buy a certain equipment or I just didn't have the finances to even put gas in my car to get somewhere. So for me, a lot of times I was training like at people's homes in their backyards or I was training in the back patch of my grass in my apartment complex. But the thing is, I had loyal customers. The product was so good that these people were willing to move around with me. And that's what I learned. Like, as long as you have a good product, people will come. But, you know, as long as that you're, you're you know, subconsciously or like behind the doors that you're trying to elevate and you're putting money to the side to kind of elevate your company, I think that's important as well. So have a good product, but make sure that you're putting money to the side so you can develop, you know, elevate and then have a place to call home, especially in the training world. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important. You, you talked about a couple of things that, that I like. One is you, know, you have to have a high level of service or high yes. quality product or it people are going to go away. They're going to go somewhere else, right? So making sure that you're providing something that's top notch is important. You talk about how your clients would go with you wherever you wanted to go because of that high quality that you're providing. Part of that too goes to the relationships that you've built, right? I mean, we know that the people that are successful in business are the ones that really know how to develop quality relationships with their people. I mean, you see so many people today that they try to spam you and they think that, well, let me just math, let me just reach out to 10,000 people. And if I get five, then it's it's great, right? And you've pissed off the other 90 or 9,000 of them in, in your quest. And so it's really about spending the time to develop the relationships with yes, people. Absolutely. That's what's really, yeah, that's what's really going to help you to, to move the ball. I mean, you know, you, you and I have talked before about like how I got into to sports. And it was really about putting the time into those relationships. And even with my corporate clients, focusing on providing top-notch service, but also making sure you have great relationships really will carry you so far. And you get referrals that way all the time as well. I, I tell people all the time, word of mouth is the best marketing ever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can get out there. Yeah, you could do, you know, sponsor some ads and stuff like that. When, when a parent can talk to another parent and speak from personal experience, I think that's the best marketing ever. And also what I did forget is over-deliver. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I, to this day, I over-deliver. You know, I, my sessions are supposed to be an hour long, but I always go the extra 15 minutes because at the end of the day, I care. And at the end of the day, you know, this is my product. This is my, this is my doing. So I want people to say about me is that, you know what? This guy cares. He's going to make sure the job gets done. You know what I mean? So, and also last thing is visibility. You know, I was at every camp in, like you said, building those relationships. Whenever some NFL guy was doing something, I was right there. Whenever there was a local camp, I was right there. Whether it was free of charge or paid, you know, visibility was really just key for me at that time and point because I just needed to get the name out there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you, you made me think about like, so over-delivering is important. I mean, like I, I work with a lot of corporate professionals on their brands and a lot of people that are looking to navigate their career. And part of that is, you know, maybe helping them to revamp their LinkedIn presence, their digital presence, their resume. And, you know, we, we do that and they'll come back to me as they're, you know, doing interviews and looking for that next job. And they keep me in the loop. They don't have to, but they do that because they know that I care and that I want to see them succeed. And, and, and so it just, it, it speaks volumes when you put in the work and care about your clients. They see that and they want you to be a part of their journey. And then again, like we talked about, they'll refer their, their friends, their colleagues to you as well, because they know that you genuinely care about them. You're not just a transaction. You're not just a sale. Right. Absolutely. The one thing about this game that we're in, you don't know who knows who, you know, I remember a guy told me, it's like, it's really about, it's not really about who, you know, it's who knows you, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I can know somebody, but if somebody can step up and say, no, I really know this guy, this guy cares, you know, just because the guy works at a place that you want to be, oh, can you get my guy in? But if that guy really knows me and says he can speak upon my character, 
my work ethic, you know what I mean? Like, like if he knows me, knows me, then that'd actually be a lot easier for me to either get into that position or whatever it is, or for me to get in the door, you know? So it's not really about who you know, it's who knows you, right? And that's what I carry with. And that's why I do things the way I do it by over delaying and show so much care when I'm training these athletes. And that's a great point. I was just on a phone call last week and the guy was like, like we had known each other. We had been connected on social media, but we didn't really know each other. And so we had a a call and he's like, you know, Jen, a lot of people know you. Yeah. And, you know, he's like a lot. And so it's really about who knows you and who's willing to to speak on your behalf and vouch for the quality of the service that you that you provide. I mean, that's really, again, like people ask me all the time, well, how did you break into sports? It's the relationships, but it's there are a lot of people that spoke on my behalf. They were in conversations that I knew nothing about, but but they were willing to to talk about me. And that's how other people learned about me and were willing to, to reach out. And so it just comes back to over-delivering, providing top quality product or services, and you know, focusing on relationships like we talked about. Yes, absolutely. I think that's that's something that entrepreneurs need to really, really understand and hone in on. Because the only reason that I'm training NFL athletes is because of the relationships that I've had. And that's the only reason I got to Melvin Gordon, because of the relationship that I had with the coach who was previously at Bomberitos. Then he ended up branching off doing his own thing. And then he reached out, hey, Jerry, you still doing running backs? I said, yeah. He's like, I got Melvin Gordon for you. And then ever since then, you know, Melvin Gordon was actually my first athlete, the uh, NFL running back that I trained. And then from there, it's just kind of just the floodgates is open. And then next, you know, it was you know, Giovanni Bernard, James White, King and Drake. And, you know, the list just kind of goes on from there. It's just based upon because I kept that relationship with that guy from a job that I left with. And he just remembered me as being a good friend of his, but also doing good work through social media when he saw it, you know, just relationships. That's all. That's the only reason why I'm training these NFL guys. There's something that, that I really love about what you said, which is, you know, someone from your prior employer, right, came back and said, hey, there's an opportunity or they, he recommended he was a person that could help Melvin Gordon out. And, and why I, I think that's important is we're always looking to advance and to grow in our career. That may be with the same employer, that may not be, right? But it's how you leave yes. to move on. You can't be burning bridges, <laughs> no. right? People understand that you're going to move on. It's part of life. You should be moving on. And the, the great people in life want you to continue to grow and excel. And so you continue to maintain those relationships. And opportunities are all about timing and the people in your network. And so I think that's, a great story that, you know, someone that you had still maintained a relationship with at a prior place of employment was able to, you know, make that connection to you with Melvin Gordon. And then here you are, you know, training some of the best running backs there is out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just very, very thankful for Coach Adam Boyle. He's over at System Jays. I'm going to give him a shout out right now. But I always make sure, you know, for entrepreneurs, just stay professional at all times. Maybe you're not filling the job, but that doesn't mean that you get disrespectful when you leave in a bad way. No, you always have to say, you know, especially in the industry I was in, because I knew that I was working at a, a place that trains athletes. So that can actually be beneficial for me on the back end because that was a service that they didn't provide. Right. So I had to be really smart on how the way I had to get leave that company. So I just told them, you know, hey, I was honest with them. Hey, I'm just kind of venture out, do my own thing. You know, the sales thing is really not my angle. I feel like this is, you know, my calling. And the guy, the owner, he respected that. He was 100% with me. Now I have a possible partnership with him this summer to go back to that same company I left to kind of work with more NFL players that they train and they train some top tier guys too. So just staying professional at all times, that's so key for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, don't get disrespectful. Don't think that you don't need nobody because at the end of the day, we do need people to get to where we're trying to go. You know, nobody really did it by themselves. They can say it, but it doesn't really work that way. You need a team and you need relationships to get where you're trying to go. Absolutely. It takes a team to move the ball, Absolutely. as I like ah, to there say. There you go. 
<laughs> I got to work that in. Got to work yeah. in the phrase yeah, anytime, I, anytime <laughs> I, like I can. And, you know, I think it's important the way you conduct yourself as a professional when you explain, you know, when you're going on to a new venture, oftentimes if you've built quality relationships, those people are going to want to help you in whatever it is you're looking to do. So you have to keep it professional 100% of the time. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And my social media stays clean. It's, it's all just strictly just business. When guys are looking at me, you know, there's no, you know, cuss words or none of my videos. You know, so because like I say, when people want to partner with you, especially, you know, because you never know who they're partnered with or who's funding them. And then if they partner with me, I have to make sure that my business or my content is organized, professional. So, you know, like I say, in order to create partnerships, you have to make sure that your stuff is clean, very professional and ready to go. Point blank, period. I like that. And something you made me think about is you're representing your brand on social media or in your business dealings, like anything you say or however you act is a reflection of you. And your brand. And so, you know, keeping it clean on social media, sometimes people, they lose sight of that. They get lax and they become casual and they just post whatever it is they want to post. And the thing is, once you've posted that, it doesn't, even if you delete it, it doesn't go away. Some people have seen it. It might come back to bite you, right? So you always have to just be mindful of how are you conducting yourself and what is the brand that you want people to, to see from you, you know, how are you holding yourself out? Yeah. And I think for most entrepreneurs, like, and a lot of guys that I know that started with me and kind of, you know, they're not doing it no more is that a lot of times when we're doing business, a lot of people want to let the world know that, Hey, this is just not me. I could do other things that I can live. I'm out here living, I'm out here partying and stuff like that. I think that's what a lot of new entrepreneurs, that's where they kind of fall short is that they want to do business, but at the same time, they want to show people that they're, they can still do the party life too. And it's like, you have to make a decision at the beginning. Like, okay, when I start my content, I'm just going to have one, I may have an outlet or a social media hub just for all my personal stuff. And then if I want to show people my other side of my life, I could do that. But at the same time, there has to be some type of regulations on that too. I can't really want to show people that I'm a party in this one life to live type lifestyle. And then, you know, my business kind of falls short from that. So for me, make a long story short, wrap it up. It's just my business. I make sure I maximize that. And then if people want to see how I'm living, come see me or come travel with me or something like that. I don't really post my personal life on, on social media. I just do strictly just business. And that's just me. You know, that works for me. Sure. And I mean, there's no magic formula. I mean, you can post your personal. It's, it's all about just keeping it professional, that's keeping it, it clean, mm-hmm. making sure whatever you're posting is just representative of how you want to hold yourself and how you want people to think of you. Absolutely. 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 I 100% agree. So you've mentioned some of the players that you've gotten to work with. Kenan Drake is a favorite of mine being an Alabama alum myself. Melvin Gordon. Yes. Roll Tide. Jonathan Taylor. When you look at these guys, what in your mind separates <laughs> them from other running backs out there and makes them elite? Um, I think for those guys, it's just strictly just work ethic. You know what I mean? And when I'm training these guys, I can make all these guys do the same drill, but it all looks beautiful and magical in its own separate, special way. Because, you know, you could take a guy like Melvin Gordon, who's like six foot, six foot one, who's very, very powerful. So when he does a drill, it's just the energy that he exerts when he's doing a drill is just so magical. And then you get a guy like DeAndre Swift, who has the perfect last name, who just kind of goes through the drill and is very swift and it's very quick and it's very dynamic. For me, it's just like all these guys. And that's why I said before, they specialize in something. Melvin Gordon, he's very powerful. DeAndre Swift, he's very, like I say, swift. James White, he has probably the quickest feet that I've ever seen. Giovanni Bernard, he's probably the in transition when he's running or doing drills. His transitions is better than anybody I've ever seen. Jonathan Taylor, he's a very, very fast guy. The speed that he does it with. Who else? Uh, Kareem Hunt, he's very chaotic, but controlled at the same time. You know, so when I'm training these guys and I'm just 
And that's how I can identify, you know, through this drill of what what really makes them special. And a lot of these guys that just have that one attribute that separates from them from the other bats, but they're able to do it in a special way, which a lot of other running backs cannot contest with it, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's like they have that one special attribute that nobody can really take from them or nobody can really touch. Sure. And you want definitely want to play to those strengths. I mean, whatever it is, you know, if you're running back or if you're a business player, like what is your strength and how do you leverage that to continue to move the ball and be successful? I started off with a company that was game day preparation where I did the speed and agility and all that. But I realized like, you know what, that's not where my heart is. You know, uh, you know, I train running backs and I promise you when I when I niched it down and I kind of just specialized it to the running back academy. That company, the Running Back Academy, skyrocketed so fast. Like I was at 10K followers before I even knew it, within like six months. And I was like, whoa, like, okay. So when you niche it down and you specialize in something, that's when I felt like that's when my company really started to evolve, when I really niched it down. That's a good point. Because I mean, sometimes people try to be too broad. And so you really need to carve out your niche. What What is the thing that you're going to focus on? How do you help people excel at that specific thing? And that's how you can grow your clientele. You're not going to be for everybody. Right. But you're trying to cater to the people that are looking for that specific subset of skills or whatever. And that's that's who your clients are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And just like at the bread outlet, pretty sure you heard this analogy, the bread outlet at the grocery store. There's a million different bread brands in there, but there's always a group of people that's going to come get this certain brand of bread, even though there's a hundred different ones. You know, and I have to live with that. And a lot of people, that's hard. I don't want to be a bread in the bread aisle. But like I said, if you specialize in something like that and you're good at it. You'll have the the trust and you'll have the the willpower to kind of break through it. And you'll have the the confidence to say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I do. Come get it. You have to be okay with that. There'll be some people that, that passes you by or there's some people that stops and want to utilize your product. But you have to be okay with it. For sure. Now, we've talked a lot about how you have, you, you develop running backs and we've been talking about in-person training. You also do some online virtual programs as well through your academy. And so I know, for example, you've got an online virtual portal. You've got over like 70 different running back drills to help coaches give their running backs a, a, a new innovative way to uh, to look at the position. And so talk to us about your online programs. The online program was actually developed during COVID because it was at a time where I really couldn't get out there and physically train people, obviously, because of the COVID sanctions and the hindrance in that area. But I had a lot of kids on Instagram like, hey, coach, you know, can you send me some drills um, so I could do in my backyard? So I started sending out drills. And then one guy was like, hey, man, you can start charging for this stuff. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I really had to dive in. And this is where for a lot of entrepreneurs, man, like you have to be you have to do a lot of research. And if you want to get sometimes if you don't have the capital, if you want to get something done, YouTube, do the research and learn how to get it done. So I was able to build my website into a, a subscription based website. I, didn't, I never went to website school or nothing like that. So I learned through YouTube. And next thing you know, I use Wix and um, I started putting up all my drills. And then I remember uh, going to sleep one night and I woke up and I had two purchases. And I was like, oh my God, I just made money while I was asleep. Because people always talk about that. Like, hey, you want to make money while you sleep. And even though it was 40 bucks, that changed my life. And that's when I started, you know, really diving into the virtual aspect. Because one thing about a virtual program, that's going to be the hardest work employee that you're, you're going to have. Because the website never sleeps, it's 24 hours. So it's gonna be it's gonna be doing work for you even when you're not physically there. So I really had to hone in and say, you know what, with this virtual program, I'm gonna put everything I can into it in hopes that it will actually bring back some kind of revenue stream for me. But at the same time, I'm giving out a good product. And all the feedback that I get from a lot of people is like, man, this stuff is so or detail oriented. 
Like you explain everything from the foot placement to the to the eyes, to the to the shoulders and to the levers. Should I be up? Should I be down? People are loving it. And every day I'm kind of getting I'm getting a new subscriber literally on a day to day basis. That's great. And we'll have a link to your academy in the show notes, too, so people can can check it out. I mean, you do like ball security drills, progression drills, plyometric and explosive drills, all kinds of different drills to, to help people to, you know, just take their running back game to the next level. Right. And also what I wanted to do is I wanted it to, I thought it would be for a lot of kids, but I've I, I realized that I got a lot more coaches on there than anything. You know what I mean? So, you know, and just for entrepreneurs, you can always think that your product is going to be for one uh, one certain level of people. But you can also realize that, you know, it may change. And then how do you adjust that? So now when I learned that I had a lot of coaches on there, I had to do a lot more teaching than just showing drills. But, you know, it was very, very cool. I have people out of the country that's actually subscribing from China, you know, Germany, England, Brazil. And that was really, really cool for me because it's like, okay, now this thing is kind of going global now. You know what I mean? It's not just in the United States. People love Mm -hmm. football outside of the United States. So how can I touch those people? And that's my aim now to kind of make this thing global. I think it's great. And, and, you know, the world is going digital content. The nice thing about that is you can reach people that aren't physically. You're in South Florida. You can reach people that are all over the country, all over the globe, right? And you can scale your business as well because there's only so many hours in the day to do one-on-one or to do group type of work. But when you have a digital content type of a program and people can access it 24-7 and all you have to do is create the content and put it out there. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. Together high quality content. But once you've created it, then it just it just continues to work for you. Absolutely. And then I realized I'm I'm not getting younger. You know, I'm getting older and I can't really be out there doing 30 sessions a week like I used to when I was in my twenties. It's to the point now it's like, hey, you know, I want to be able to kick back and not do as many sessions as I can, but still make an impact somehow. And that's basically what my virtual program is for. When I say, you know what, I don't want to be out there physically training nobody no more. I'm just doing everything, you know, virtual based. I can do that because it's already been started. Now I could just kind of just put more time into it. So I get it. I got these young guns. They're training like the Gofi Globals. Those guys are young. They're hip. You know, they're new to the game. But it's going to be a time where, you know, my time is kind of like, all right, kind of older now. But now you still have the virtual program to lean on. And that's why, you know, I live by this motto right now is that I want to coach coaches. You know, so if a new running back coach want to come in the game, he can utilize my virtual program and kind of just use that as a, as a foundation for himself. For sure. So what I want to do now, Jerry, to mm-hmm. close the show is I want to run you through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Right, Are cool. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. First question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, absolutely. I want to be an NFL running back. That's exactly what I wanted to be when I was 10 years old. NFL all day. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, man, that is a good one. Get it done. <laughs> okay. I'm a get it done kind of guy. Like if I need to get something, if I need, if I see something, I have to get it done right then and there. Those are my three words that explain me. Get it done. Gotcha. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I like to listen to rave music when I was younger. And, you know, most people think that hip hop was like the thing back in the day. I used to listen to like techno and rave music. I don't know. The beach just kind of got me up in a lot. Okay. <laughs> if you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? It would be by Shawty Lowe from out of Atlanta. It's called a song called They Know. It's just the trumpets and the beat, how it comes in. It's just it's just like a, 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 it's a cool intro to that song. They Know by Shawty Lowe. Okay. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Well, outside of Move the Ball, our podcast that I'm listening to at, right now currently because of all the guys that I'm training in football. Um, the book that I'm reading right now is Think and Grow Rich. That is a book that I'm reading on. I got a workbook. So 
that's a book that I'm looking to accomplish by the end of summer. Okay, that's a good book. Mm-hmm. Next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Oh, first person out would be uh, Michael Jordan. He would be the first person. It's just because I just wanted to listen to his life. Like, you know, uh, Jordan was the man. He couldn't live life how everybody lived. So I just wanted to hear his story about his downtime. Like, what was his thought process in his downtime? The next person that I would like to list, uh, invite to my party is Nipsey Hussle. You know, he is deceased. God, God rest his soul. Just from his hustle, you know, just through his music, you know, he talks a lot about not being a rapper. He talked about, you know, real estate. He talked about other things. It's just his whole mentality on, you know, he has a slogan called all money in, no money out. And just not being the middleman, taking the middleman out the process, going straight to the source. Um, So definitely he was somebody I would like to pick his brain on on that. And the last person that I would like to bring to this party um, is my grandmother. You know, I never really got a chance to know her, you know, so I just want to ask, I would actually invite her to my dinner party and just kind of talk to her. So that would be my three people. Three great choices. The last question is, do you sing in the shower? Yes, I do. <laughs> I sing Usher in the shower. Okay. So the follow on, cool points with my athletes. <laughs> follow on question is, would your wife say that you were good? Uh, Yes. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very good. I think so. I think she, I'm a performer. So I think I was supposed to be a singer, but God didn't give me a voice. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a performer. I could have been a performer in my past life or my next. Okay. So, Coach Seymour, as we look to close the show, let people know where are you at on social media? You can find me on Instagram, and that's at the underscore running back underscore academy. You can find me on Twitter. That's RBA Academy underscore on Twitter and Facebook, obviously, the running back academy. And also, if you want to check out my website, it's www.therunningbackacademy.com for in-person and virtual training. Everything is there for you. Perfect. We'll have all those links in our show notes so people can check you out and follow you on your journey. Thank you so much for being on the show today. No problem. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Jen. And keep going. Keep moving the ball. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. Once again, if you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a future episode. And also, If you like the show, share it with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Once again, go check out the show notes. You can get all the links to Coach Seymour's stuff. You can also check out the link to the Move the Ball merchandise store. Also got a link to Move the Ball, the book and some other stuff there for you. So uh, check those things out. Once again, appreciate y'all listening to today and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.